Namo Buddhaya. Good evening. Suki Hotu, Monte, brothers and sisters in the Dharma. My name is Amara and I'm your MC for today. Uh, welcome to another session of Awareness of Dharma in Daily Drama. Uh, as usual, we will start off today's session with requesting for three refuges and five precepts, and then followed by meditation. After that, there will be the uh, sharing and Q&A session. So, uh, for now, we will start off with uh, requesting for the three refuges and five precepts. Uh, if Sister Xiaohui lead um, us to request. Aham Bante, Di Saranena Saham Pancha Silam Daham Yachami, Anugaham Katwa Silam Deta Mebante, Tutiampi Aham Bante, Di Saranena Saha Pancha Silam Daham Yachami, Anugaham Katwa Silam Deta Mebante, Tatiampi Aham Bante, Di Saranena Saha Pancha Silam Daham Yachami, Anugaham-katwa-silam-deta-me-bante. <laughs> Namo Dasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Buddham Saranang Gachami Buddham Saranang Gachami Dhammang Saranang Gachami Dhammang Saranang Gachami Sanggang Saranang Gachami Sanggang Saranang Gachami Dutiyampi Buddham Saranang Gachami Budiyampi Buddham Saranam Gachami. Budiyampi Dhammang Saranam Gachami. Budiyampi Dhammang Saranam Gachami. Budiyampi Sanggang Saranam Gachami. Budiyampi Sanggang Saranam Gachami. Tatiyampi Buddham Saranam Gachami. Tatiyampi Buddham Saranam Gachami. Tatiyampi Dhammang Saranam Gachami. Satyampi Dhammang Saranam Gachami. Satyampi Sanggang Saranam Gachami. Satyampi Sanggang Saranam Gachami. Pisarnina Gamanang Paripunang. Namabante. Panatipata Veramani Sikapadang Samadhyami. Panatipata Veramani Sikapadang Samadhyami. Adina dana veramani sikapadang samadhyami. Anidatana veramani sikapadang samadhyami. Kamesu michachara veramani sikapadang samadhyami. Kamesu michachara veramani sikapadang samadhyami. Musawada veramani sikapadang samadhyami. Sawada Veramani Sikapadam Samadhyami Suram Raya Maja Pamadatana Veramani Sikapadam Samadhyami Suram Raya Maja Pamadatana Veramani Sikapadam Samadhyami Idame Silang Asawa Kaya Wahang Hotu 
Idame silang asawa kaya waham hotu. Idame silang nibana sa pachayo hotu. Idame silang nibas na sa pachayo hotu. Tisarnina saha pancha silang damang saduka katwa pamadena sampadeta. Amabante. Sadu, sadu, sadu. Okay, okay. Okay, we'll start our um, meditation. We'll start again um, with this looking back meditation first. Okay, very simple. You just, okay, bef before, um, before you close your eyes, the meditation is you just <coughs> close your eyes and look back at yourself, okay? Um, look back at yourself is not looking at your physical body. It's actually just aware of yourself basically you can say maybe sense yourself it is maybe a better word when you look back at yourself this way actually you are uh, bringing in all your attention instead of spreading your attention out so you you um, you don't lose energy you're, you're bringing your energy back in keeping it in okay we will start doing um, for a short while just uh, close your eyes and look back at yourself just aware of yourself. If they are wandering thoughts, it's okay. Don't push away. Just go back to looking back at yourself, aware of yourself. The next one we will do is, I call it dropping or grounding to feel the body. Just put your awareness onto the whole body, aware of the solidity of the body, heaviness of the body, just aware of the body sensation or even the warmth of the body, the 
tingling sensation or even maybe tight or tense sensation in the whole body. Just aware of the whole body as, as a whole. Without suppressing the body sensation, without indulging in it, without running away or trying to change it. But if the sensation change by itself, it's okay. So just be with whatever sensations you can feel in the body. Totally relax into the sensation. Allow whatever sensations that you can feel to be. No need to do anything to it. Just be with whatever sensations that you can feel in the body. Okay, another way is to feel different parts of the body, starting from the head. Just aware of any sensations in the whole head. Just be with the sensations, no need to change it. Whatever sensations there is, just aware of it. From the head, we move to the neck. Any sensations in the neck, just aware and be with it. It could be even tense or tight sensation or hard sensation, or it could be soft sensation, whatever, just be with it. Don't even need to label or judge. From the head, we move down to the neck whatever sensations in the neck. Just aware and be with the sensation. From the neck, we move to the shoulders. Any sensations in the shoulders? From the shoulders to the hands, the elbows, wrists, all the, all the way to the fingers. Maybe the lightness of the fingers.
Then we go back to the chest, aware of any sensations in the chest. from the chest to the abdomen, maybe the heaviness of the whole body on the abdomen, or the softness of the abdomen. Any sensations, no need to label, no need to judge. from the abdomen to the back of the body. Any sensations at the back of the body, just aware and be with the sensation. From back of the body to the buttock, maybe aware of the weight of the whole body on the buttock or the sensations of the buttock touching the cushion where you're sitting on or the chair. From the buttock, move to the thighs, both the thighs, maybe the softness. Or even the fluidity or stickiness of the sweat on the thighs. Any sensation at all. from the thighs to the knees. from the knees to the rest of the legs all the way to the sole of the feet. Just aware of whatever sensations that we can feel.
Now from body, feeling the body, we'll go to emotions. Put your attention on your heart. Just aware of any emotions that you have. If there's no emotion, that's a type of emotion. Just aware of any emotion at all. No need to label or judge, but important is don't suppress, don't indulge in an emotion, don't ignore it, don't force it to change. But if it changes by itself, it's okay. Just be a friend to any emotions that arise. As we be with whatever emotions that arise, because the emotion is impermanent, layers of emotions will open up. If it doesn't, it's okay, be patient. Next, we want to reconnect with our childlike nature inside us. Be happy without reason. Be free, innocence, trusting, non-judgmental nature that we have inside us. You can think of the time when we are with babies or, or small kids or remember our childhood or even remember the peace of mind we have when we're walking in a forest or park or along the beach. But don't go into the story. Just capture that emotion. Just stay with this childlike, carefree, happy without reason, which is innate in all of us. It's a natural part of us. Just try to reconnect with this. If you can't just be with whatever emotions that you have, As we reconnect with this natural calm, peace, natural childlike happiness, allow this energy to flow up to our chest, shoulders, hands, neck, 
up to the head, down to the abdomens, the legs, wishing each and every part of the body, every single cell to reconnect with our natural peace, natural calm, natural happiness. Wishing each and every cell to be well, to be happy, to be calm and peaceful, to be strong, to be at ease. Continue to expand our attention to include all our loved ones, family members, relative friends, wishing each and every one of them to be well, to be happy, healthy, strong, to reconnect with their natural peace and calm, to reconnect with their childlike happiness. Continue to expand our attention to include all other people, people we meet in the market, people we meet at work, our neighbors, people that take care of our electricity, water, rubbish, all other people that we meet, wishing each and every one of them to reconnect to their natural innate calm, peace, their childlike happiness to be healthy, strong, to be well, to be at ease. Continue to expand your attention to include all beings, all animals, heavenly beings, all Dharma protectors, guardian deities, wishing each and every one of them to reconnect to their natural calm, peace, happiness, to be well, to be happy. Okay, we have finished with this loving kindness. Next one, we will do being one with whatever that comes through our senses. 
it will start with the hearing. Just aware of whatever sound that comes through your ear. Just be with the sound without labeling, without judging. Whatever sound that comes through our ear, just be with it. From hearing, we move to smelling, whatever smell that comes through the nose. Could be even our own body odor, just aware of it. Just be with whatever smell that comes in without judging, without labeling. Just be with it. From smell, we go to taste. Any taste that go through the taste bud, just aware of it. From taste, we go to sight. Just slowly open your eyes and aware of whatever that's in front of you. Without judging, without labeling, without adding any extra opinion, just aware of whatever that's in front of you. Okay, we have finished um, being one with our senses. The last one is uh, space. Just aware of the space in front of you or in between you and the computer or phone or space between any two objects. Or you can also aware of space between your thoughts. Between two thoughts, there's space. Just aware of that space. 
Okay, feel your body. We have uh, concluded our meditation for today. I want to again emphasize that um, all the exercise that I guide you all to do, the whole aim is so that we are not lost in our thoughts, so that we don't become slave to our thoughts. If we can be a master of our own mind instead of become slave of our own mind, we would be able to save a lot of energy and also time because an untamed mind will create a lot of mess for us, a lot of problems, and then we have to spend time solving the problem. So to me, this is a motivation for everyone to spend a little bit of time to train the mind. This time is very useful because that small amount of time you use to train your mind will help to save a lot of time clean, cleaning up the mess created by untamed mind. So um, hope this will give you the motivation to at least spend some time a day in the morning, if you can, and in the evening to do some formal meditation. Formal means like sitting down to do. And also during daily, as frequently as possible, to do any of the uh, method that I introduced to you. Okay, all this uh, method of looking back at yourself, feeling the body, scanning the body, um, feeling your emotions, reconnect back with your the natural love, uh, being with the senses, you can do in very short time or in a longer time. Space, maybe you can't sit for long, but the rest you can either do for uh, less than a minute or even 15 minutes or 20 minutes. But at least try to spend some time, uh, set some time every day, uh, maybe five minutes, 10 minutes and slowly increase to sit, do a, sit, a formal sitting meditation. Um, you don't have to do all of them. I'm only giving you a variety of options because human very easy to get bored. If you can try to uh, do one on today, maybe, you know, and then if that day you have a lot of uh, anger and all that, then maybe you might want to do the loving kindness more. If that day the, the mind is too lost, you can't do anything, you might want to feel the body. But for the one that look back, to me, it's very fast to cut any thoughts so you can do any, any of the time. Okay, so please uh, practice makes perfect. Please try to do uh, frequently. You won't get any result without any uh, effort, without any practice. Okay, anyone, any questions? Um, okay, let me answer one question in the chat box first. Uh, Bhante, thank you for your continuous Sama teaching. May I ask further? regarding vipassana meditation. I've been listening to some talks regarding vipassana and it was mentioned that one need to feel the pain and be aware of the pain in order to progress further. Is this accurate? Okay. Um, I have to be very careful because now, because everyone knows that actually in, in I think Vajrayana is the same. In Theravada, there's two parts of meditation, samatha to calm the mind, vipassana to gain insight. Okay, Actually, vipassana to gain insight, it doesn't just limit to sitting down. Okay, You can gain insight by walking, by when you're talking, 
let's say if you, one of the insight you can gain is, let's say if you are quarreling with someone and suddenly you saw your anger comes from your own thought, not from the other person. That is vipassana. If suddenly you're walking and then suddenly you realize that, ah, oh, everything is actually impermanent. What I want today and yesterday is different. That is vipassana. So vipassana is not limited to sitting down. Okay. Having said that, um, in terms of dealing with pain, it, of course, if you keep moving your body every time there's a slight pain, you're not going to get anywhere. But if you're going to force yourself through pain, you're also not going to get anywhere. You're going to have a trauma. Okay? The next time you might want to sit in meditation anymore. So there must be a balance. Okay? Of course, if you have this calmness of mind, that's why you need to do get insight, you need a bit of calmness of mind. If you have a bit of calmness of mind and you use that calmness of the mind to watch any pain sensation that arise, um, then you actually have a lot of insight. One of the insights I always share with people is pain is just an energy, just a sensation. Our experience of this sensation is depends on our definition or interpretation of it. And I always give this example. There's a very big difference. Let's say if you have a broken hand, it's a very big difference between my hand is broken, maybe I'm going to die. And there is a sharp sensation in the hand. I need to see a doctor. Very big difference. So we, and we actually, I keep emphasizing, we actually never ever experience that whatever sensation that is. We experience our interpretation, our thinking of the sensation. So you can see this if you are very calm and you are aware of the pain sensation. But you need a, a bit of calmness to do that. You can't force. So I wouldn't say wrong when people say uh, you need to be aware to be with the pain, but it has to be a certain amount of calmness. If you force yourself, it doesn't work. So if you ask me, is it accurate? Yes, but no, it depends. Okay. Also, it was mentioned that in order to develop further insights into vipassana, one must practice sitting as well as walking meditation in order to see progress. Is it accurate? In a sense, yes, I wouldn't say, you know, there's nothing that is 100% right and 100% wrong. Okay. Actually, to me, vipassana, you can see it even without any formal sitting meditation like i'm sure if you if you are very sharp and careful you will be able to see that next time you're angry with something or someone it's not that something or someone that makes you angry it's you're thinking that why he say that how come he do that if you can see that that's vipassana or if you can see that um, something that i like yesterday today i don't like things change impermanence that's vipassana so, um, yeah, your question, you know, if you have a, a, a practice sitting and, uh, and walking meditation, your mind is calmer, maybe easier for you to see. So you are not totally wrong in that sense, but it's not 100% uh, correct also. Another question is that, is it accurate that one can develop insight naturally once the mind is calm enough and one need not look out for the insight development um, if you don't look 
you might not be able to see any insight. Uh, I don't fully agree with this statement. Yeah, of course, there are people who, who, uh, who teach this idea that if your mind is calm enough, you will be able to get insight into the reality of life. But if you don't direct your mind to look, I'm not sure whether you, you, you are able to, to, to see the insight. Okay. So, uh, okay. I think that's it for this question. If you have further questions, Lim Lik Tai, please do ask. Uh, Jun Lee has this question. Is untamed mind same as same like overthinking? Yes. Untamed, I mean the mind is beyond your control. Okay. A good test of whether you have tamed your mind is when, when you want to stop thinking, can you switch it off? I think 99.9% .9 of us can't switch off our thinking. We can only, we don't even know when we switch it on. Okay, and we definitely can't switch it off. Even if we can switch it off, it takes some time. We press the button and it takes some time before the thinking stops. And it just keep going. And sometimes you are not even aware that it's keep going at the background. That's why we lose a lot of energy during the day. But you can't force yourself to stop the thinking. The more you force yourself, the more thinking will arises. So if your next question is then how do I not not get lost in these wandering thoughts. It's the exercise that I uh, share with you. That's one thing. Another one is insight, which is again, like Vipassana, insight into the fact that our wandering mind is not helping us. They are creating more trouble. It's like all your anger, all your upset, all your sadness is come from all this wandering mind. When you see this, I keep emphasizing it's like you see you are slapping yourself. When you see you're slapping yourself, somehow you won't continue. But unfortunately, 99.9% .9 of us never see ourselves slapping ourselves. So we continue slapping, continue slapping and slapping and ask and keep scolding and shouting at everyone. Why you slap me? Why you, how come you slap me? How come you do this to me? But actually we are, we keep slapping ourselves. So until one day you can see that, and that's inside, that's Vipassana. Once you see that, you have less and less wandering thought. That's another way. But again, you have to direct your mind to see it. So I don't see how with just a calm mind, without directing your mind, um, you will be able to gain insight. Maybe some people can. I, I don't know. Okay. I won't claim that I know every single angle because uh, there are many different angles to approach to, to practice. Okay. Um, Next thing, any questions on this, especially the looking back? Uh, okay, okay, good. Someone has this question, Jun Lee. Um, Bante, looking at yourself, not the physical, does it mean reflection of who am I, who I am, or can, can it be what has happened to me today? No, 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 not. That's okay, good. Luckily, you asked this question. It's not thinking, okay? When you look back at yourself and ask, who am I or what have been happened to me, that you are, you are getting lost in thoughts. This is just like staring yourself. Imagine when you stare at yourself, not as a physical body, just stare at yourself. You suddenly, you can't think anymore. Your thinking gets cut off, gets stopped. Okay, this is like, a, I don't know whether you have this feeling. Um, let's say if you're, someone is at the back of you, and that person stare at you, 
you suddenly you freeze. You know something not right. Then you turn at the back to look at the person who stared at you. Something like that. When you stare at yourself, somehow your thinking process stops. And that's the, the, the aim of this. It, it works for me. That's why I share. I only learned this technique recently. And it works um, very well for me. That's why I share it. But for beginners, sometimes they have difficulty because you all think too much. Beginners will ask me, is it looking at the face or the, or the skin or the bone? No, no, no not, not all that. You are just aware of yourself. Okay. Any other questions on this practice? <laughs> Okay, no, I will. If you have any questions, please do ask because, uh, or if you have any sharing also, uh, because these sessions for me on Friday is for us to explore. So you can exp you know, share your experience or any questions uh, that you have. Now, uh, on this same similar line of uh, we interpretation, in interpreting and defining things. That's where we, we get lost because actually everything in, in life is dependent. There's no ultimate, there's no ultimate right and ultimate wrong. But we take things as ultimate right and ultimate wrong. Okay. For example, um, I will share with different angle. For example, today, uh, April the first, for most people is April Fool's Day, as in, you know, there's a time to make silly joke or maybe i don't know interesting joke uh, to to entertain human but for me it's a it's a very uh, important day because i was uh, interestingly ordained on this day of course when i was ordained uh, some people was uh, thinking is it really a joke because uh, when i was ordained at that time actually there was time flies 18 years ago I was actually ordained surprisingly in, uh, in Penang, in, in Malaysia, in MBMC. I wasn't practicing there, but just borrowing their ordination hall to get ordained. And uh, very few Malaysians uh, get ordained. And when they heard that a Malaysian get ordained, they're wondering, is it an April Fool joke or is it for real? But it, it was for real. So anyway, things can look from, from different, uh, you can look from different angle. Another one is, uh, and, Sometimes I was listening to a talk by a, a, a Buddhist teacher uh, yesterday. Buddhism is very interesting because there's a lot of uh, paradox and very difficult for our mind who is locked in a box to able to comprehend. The only way is for us to jump out of the box and that's a bit tough for most people. An example is, um, I've shared this before about time is relative. And this is scientific. Albert Einstein did say time is relative and they can prove it scientifically with, math uh, with mathematics and so on. But yet for us, we take time as ultimate, as in we will say, see you tomorrow, as in there, there is a fixed tomorrow. We will fix every Friday night we will meet. That's we are taking time as ultimate, but actually time is relative. And we, we count to the minutes, you know, if, we are, if someone is late by a few minutes, we get very upset. So we are taking time as ultimate, but actually time is relative. In fact, there's no time, 
according to science. It's, it's just an idea, a concept in human being, but very difficult for us to, uh, to, to wrap around it. And similarly, actually, our thoughts and our world actually is two sides of the same coin because it's our thoughts that create the world. So it's inseparable. But we see very clearly that there's a world outside, outside separate and I'm inside here. We, we, cannot, we cannot experience this, that the thoughts and the world that we live in, our thoughts, that means whatever inside our mind and the world that we live in is just two sides of the same coin. And this is all vipassana also inside. And Buddhism is amazing because uh, you really need to think out of the box to, to, to really experience these ideas. But um, yeah, so, so we cannot be trapped in our logic also. That's why I think I've shared before, uh, it took me a long time to understand this. Why Buddha in Kalama Sutta says, the first part I understand, don't believe something because your tradition says so, don't believe something just because your teacher, including the Buddha says so, don't believe something because your great, 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 great grandfather and Chester say so, don't be, believe something because the holy book says so, but also don't believe something because your logic says so, because your logic again is yourself created, tainted by your background, your opinion, uh, by you brain being brainwashed by the society and so on. So even logic, you have to jump out of it. And, and that's the tough part about um, Buddhism. Okay, next thing, I'm jumping whatever that uh, comes to my mind. Um, okay, again, on this time thing, we, most of us actually, we spend a lot of time. Someone uh, say that, we spend maybe about you know, 30 to 40% of time in the past and 30, another 30, 40% of time in the future. We only spend 10% of the time in, in the present moment. But actually, if you come to think of it, we can only recall the past in the present. We can only plan for the future in the present. We can't plan for the future in the future. We can't record the memory of the past in the past. We can only do everything in the present, okay? So actually we are at the present moment all the time. This is uh, one thing that you can experience this is you, you try this, okay? I was guided by one uh, teacher to do this and I think it's uh, amazing. You, you try whether, before you, you follow what I do, I, I just explain first, okay? Again, using this looking back method, you look back at yourself, you close your eyes, look back at yourself. And then when you move, don't do it first, just look at me. When you move, you feel the present, the, your awareness of the present. And you feel that your awareness is at every single moment, it's present all the time. Okay, let, let's do it. You look back at yourself, close your eyes, look back at yourself and move your body. At every single moment, you are aware. There is a, there is a stillness. There's a non-moving part, which is your awareness, which is always at the present. When you move your body, there is an unmoving part, 
which is the awareness, the presence. Okay. Yeah, you can try it uh, someday. Okay, next, next thing. Next thing that come up to my mind is um, because some people will, will ask, um, how can I help other people? Because being Buddhist, sometimes we feel that if another person is in a difficulty, in a struggle, it's, um, we, we want to help others. And actually, sometimes we don't need to do a lot of things. And I want to share this because uh, uh, recently, maybe a week ago, there was a, a, a Sayale who contacted me through, uh, through Facebook Messenger. Um, I haven't met, I, I met, sorry, I met her 10 years ago and have not been in contact with her, maybe more than 10 years. The last time we were in contact is more than 10 years ago. And there was a period of time I, I didn't go out in public. So she totally lost contact uh, with me until um, recently. And then she texted me and said, uh, can she message uh, to talk to me? And she you know, asked me, do I remember her name? And I weakly remember and send me the photo I weakly remember. But when she described the, the struggle she had, the problem she had, when she met me the last time, and then I remember who she is. And she just typed and says, you know, um, she's very grateful for our conversation the last time. And uh, with that conversation and some other help, it helps her to get out from the difficulty uh, she has. She had a, a big struggle with uh, basically a lot of issues. Okay, I won't go into detail. And my first response is, I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. I don't remember saying anything important. This that you can say the exact words that I typed to her. I say, I don't remember saying anything useful to you at all. And her reply is, the important thing is you listen. Actually, to me, it's, I suddenly reflect that sometimes, not sometimes actually, all humans, they actually know what to do. But when we are lost in our thoughts, we can't get connect with our innate wisdom. At that time, we need someone to listen, not to give ideas, to give suggestions, because each and every one of us know what best to do for ourselves. But sometimes we need a listening ear, some, you can say, moral support. So this is something that uh, we can do for others, as in just be there uh, to listen. Uh, it, it can be extremely helpful, although you think that you're not doing anything. And that's, that's a, to me, that's a, a big gift for others by just being there, not, not necessarily doing anything. Okay, so this is one thing. Another thing that comes to my mind, because uh, I can't remember, maybe two weeks from now, three weeks, uh, Shah Alam Buddhist Society invited me to give a talk on taking refuge. So I want to share a few points on this because uh, we do take refuge every, every day, every day, every uh, session, uh, Friday sessions. And uh, quite often, Theravada takes this, uh, take refuge. Some Theravada takes refuge every day. It, basically, it is a, uh, a gateway into becoming a Buddhist. And in Mahayana and even Vajrayana, they make it into a ceremony. They have a taking refuge ceremony where the monk, the monastic or nun, uh, will 
actually give you a Buddhist name. Okay, Vajrayana do the same also. Because someone asked me this question, um, Bhante, why, why are we taking refuge with that monk? You are not taking refuge with that monk. Okay, it's just that the monastic who administer the, 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 this uh, taking refuge will lead you towards it and will, will give you a Dharma name so he or she becomes your teacher, like a, a guide towards the Triple Gem. Okay, so uh, you're not taking refuge from, from the monastic, you're taking refuge from Triple Gem, but you have a, 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 a monastic who, like a teacher who guide you towards the Triple Gem. And basically, in short, this taking refuge, normally we take it as I take refuge in Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha as something external, but it also has a meaning of internal. Okay, so I will shortly share with you. Okay, taking refuge is like you want to be inseparable from the triple gem. Why inseparable? Because then it will be a guide for you to the truth, a guide to reality, a guide of basically all suffering. So you are basically using this, you make this as part of you, inseparable part of you. And Buddha is actually the manifestation of the truth, which can be the external Sakyamuni Buddha or the potential in us. All of us has the potential to be enlightened. That's why we can get enlightened. If we don't have the potential, we cannot get enlightened. So each of us has a Buddha in us, in that sense, you can say, has the potential. So you are taking refuge in the external and also internal so that you are getting closer and closer towards this manifestation of enlightenment or manifestation of the truth. The Dharma is the truth, which is in us because we have this innate truth and also in the phenomena of the world in front of us. The Sangha is the practicing community that provide us a, a guide because um, you can't directly talk to the Buddha now. Okay, so you need a teacher to guide you. It's very difficult for us to practice on our own because I think I shared with you before, we are like, we, we do have this intrinsic um, wisdom inside us, but it's covered with defilement. So this, if we can only use this uh, intrinsic um, luminous mind covered with defilement to practice. So it's like we are using the chief police officer to catch the criminal and the criminal is the chief police officer itself. So it's tough unless you get a teacher to, to guide you. So the Sangha is the teacher and the, and the practicing community that can give us support, that can uh, guide us. So this, this is also an important part. And on the note that when I mentioned the Buddha is not here in, in, in person, but it doesn't mean that Buddha is no longer around. Yeah, because this one we have to be very careful. Some people have this idea that Buddha, Sakyamuni Buddha is no longer around. That, that's not right. But if you say Sakyamuni Buddha is still around, that's also not right. Because the Buddha says, after Parinibbana, if you say I still exist, that's wrong. If you say I don't exist anymore, that's also wrong. Why people will ask, then, then what does it mean? Very simple thing. I can give you an analogy, which I always use. It's an analogy, so you cannot take it as the thing, okay? Analogy means it's like this, but not really this, okay? The analogy is if you have a, a, the, a glass, a, a cup with water, and the water is your 
self, or you can say the self before enlightenment. Now I pour this water into the ocean and I ask you, is the water still around? If you say yes, then I say, bring it to me. You can't. So you can't, you can't really say, yes, the water is still around because you, you can't get it. If you say the water is no longer around, then I say, it's in the ocean. I definitely, I pour it in there. So it is, it's there, but it's not there. So this is the, the paradox. In, 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 we are so used to yes or no. But Buddhism is always, it's there, but it's not there. It's like rainbow. It's there, but it's not really there. It's like dream. You can't say there's nothing in a dream, but you can't also say the dream is real. Okay, uh, can we have the slides so, regarding dream? So this is a, this feels like some you have seen before I've shared um, with you on the group. So this one I shared last week is to me is very important because uh, all of us think that our mind is like a camera. We captured the reality of the world as it is. That means when we think that someone is scolding us or saying bad things about us, we think it is real. That person is really saying something bad about us or scolding us. But actually, our mind is like a paintbrush. It's creating our reality every moment through the back, our background opinions and belief. We are defining, we are interpreting every single moment. If you see this, then you can be choose from the suffering created by your creative paintbrush because you are creating it. Like I say, you are slapping yourself. So you can choose not to continue slapping yourself. You can continue, choose to create a better picture. Of course, whichever picture you create, it's all an illusion. But when you, when you can see this, you can go ahead and create a better picture. Next slide, please. So actually, we live in a dream world created by our own thoughts. And the teaching of the Buddha is not to make the dream better, but to wake up completely from the dream world. And this is a, one experience that I never forget. Okay, Because uh, one time, I was with a group of monks and lay people in Taiwan, staying next to a seven-day uh, seven Adventist a Christian uh, university. And one morning, I was early. I went into the big university compound to go for a walk. And uh, I keep bumping into people who were psych. I was a monk, okay? And they would stop and say, good morning. And then when I meet the next person, they was, even cycling, they would stop and say, good morning. And I was very impressed. I never forget this incident because I went back and told another monk that even though these Christians know that I am a Buddhist monk, they were so polite so gentle, they were so nice. And what my monk, the, the other monk say, I never forget, he says, all religion try to make the world a better place to live in. And that's great. Buddhism also try to do that. But Buddhism does more, not just to make the world, which is a dream, a better dream to dream on, but to wake up, wake, wake us up once and for all from this dream so that you, you, you don't, you know, sometimes have a better dream and then sometimes have a nightmare. So Buddhism is, in a sense, different from, for, for this sense, okay? Next slide, please. So the thought pattern is very important. If you change 
the way you think about pains, you change your personality. If you change your personality, you change your destiny. I think that's all this slide. Any more slides? Okay, one more. One more slide. Can we? Okay. So this is an interesting definition of humility that I, I managed to obtain from someone. We always think humility is, you know, like we become very low ourselves. This, to me, I like this definition of humility, of being open to the idea that things may be different from the way we think they are. We are always very sure that this is what things I see. This is how these things is like that. I saw it definitely like that. But things could be very different. What we see is only a small angle. So this is uh, a good definition of uh, humility. Okay, I think that's it. We can finish with the slides. Okay, any questions or any sharing we have? <laughs> so in waking up from the dream, actually we don't we don't get rid of anything okay because let's say if you are in a dream in a nightmare chased by wild elephants when you wake up you didn't really get rid of wild elephants because there's no wild elephants in the first place but it doesn't mean that you were not chased by wild elephants so it, it's a very interesting uh, 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 what do you call phenomena as in, you cannot say it never happened, but you cannot really say it, it, it really happened also because there was no wild elephant in, in your room. So this is how our life is. One easy way to look at it is, um, like I say, whatever we experience is our, our thought, our thinking of, uh, of, uh, of our world. This one, we definitely can, 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 uh, can experience it in daily life. Every time when you easier for negative emotions, every time when you get angry, when you get upset, easy for us to see that it comes from our thought of why the person do this, how come the person do that to me, why is it like this? All this is our thinking. It has nothing, you can say it has nothing to do with that person. That person might do something and then our interpretation, our definition of it is what we experience. So it's like in a dream because dream same, we create our interpretation of uh, the stories. Any questions or sharing that you all have on this or any other things? Um, Lim Lik Thai, thank, Bante, thank you for answering my previous questions. Following from my previous questions, may I know how are we to look out for insight when practicing Vipassana? Oh, you are practice, you can practice Vipassana, as I say, not just sitting down. When you see impermanent in your daily life, to me, you are practicing Vipassana. When you see unsatisfactoriness nature in your daily life, you are practicing vipassana. If you can see non-self, as in the idea of yourself is created by you. Sometimes you think you are, you are handsome. Sometimes you think you are ugly. 
Sometimes you think you are smart. Sometimes you think you are stupid. It's our creation of our identity. There's no fixed permanent identity uh, self. That's Vipassana, if you can see. If you can see that you are the one who create your, all your experience to your thinking, that's Vipassana. So all this insight you can do when you are sitting. Of course, when you are sitting down, if you can see that your, like I say, when you have pain sensation, your experience of it is also through your thinking. It can be, I'm so painful. Maybe, you know, this pain is going to kill me. Maybe I have cancer. That's one way. Or you can say there is sensation on the hand. So again, that's Vipassana because you can see your experience of your pain comes from your thinking. So uh, how you can look out for me is when your mind is calm, you don't have to consciously look for this. Once you tell yourself, our mind is incredible. Once you program yourself to look for all this, you will keep seeing. It's like you don't have to make a lot of effort to see red car. When you buy a red car, suddenly you see a lot of red car on the street because your, your mind is uh, somehow subconsciously being, uh, being guided towards that. So uh, once, you, once you have this idea, um, you have no choice. You start looking for it. So in the sense that you, you can say indirectly in the sense that I have indirectly or directly also brainwashed you all to, to look for it. You have no choice. So subconsciously, you will look for, you, you will be seeing this. Bante, uh, Bante, I think, yeah, here. But okay. Bante, I think in our day-to-day -day activities, we, of, we often reflect on anicca, dukkha, anatta. Good. Then the, yeah, then the, it, okay, it, that's good. It, yeah, so it, uh, it, you, we, we don't have to like go looking for insight, but, but yeah. what we learn, we practice in our daily life. Yeah, that, and yeah. then, yeah, then often reflect on Anicca, Dukkha, and Nata, and then the wisdom comes, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> because it's, it's uh, we hear day in, day out, it's in part of us. Yeah, only thing is, I feel that Buddhists hear a lot about Anicca, Dukkha, Anatta, but when something happened to us, we don't see the Anicca. Let's say we get robbed or whatever, then we say, how come how it happens to us? I go to, I go to uh, temple all the time, how come I get robbed? Yeah, but that's Anicca. So we don't see when it happens, we have to really see, okay? And uh, Anatta, a lot of Buddhists to me think that, oh, this one, very difficult. Maybe 10 lives later, I will be able to catch a glimpse of Anatta. No, you can see Anatta now, as in the world that you live in is created by your thoughts. You, your own self is created by your thoughts. Your idea that I am a slow learner or an idea that I am uh, not good at something, it's all your own creation. So it's not real. So you, there's no real I in that sense and your eye keep changing so there's no permanent non-changing eye and that's anatta so actually we experience anatta all the time you don't have to wait 10 lives later everything that the buddha taught can be experienced here and now the dharma can be experienced here and now not wait until 10 lives later and you can get enlightened here and now also don't have to wait 10 lives later okay any more 
Bante, I want to I want to share one line oh, that Bodhi uh, uh, Bikuni Bodhi Chita uh, said to me. Uh, one simple line only. Uh, during a retreat and a few times when I attend her talk, uh, uh, they ask a lot of questions. Then one day, Bikuni Bodhicitta said this to me. She said, they leave the Dharma. Leave L-I-V-E. Yeah. Leave the Dharma. Yeah. So that, that is simple and is so, so strong. Because when we leave the Dharma in our daily activities and in everything we do, then we can see the truth of the Dharma. Yeah, it's important to put the Dharma into, into practice. practice. Yes. Yeah. So actually, um, I agree. Recently, I listened to one uh, Buddhist teacher. He was saying that the Buddhism practice is something for us to practice. It's not theory. It's not philosophy. And it's very um, practical. It's like, I think I've shared this also. It's like um, you're doing a business and if your business doesn't make money, something is wrong. You're not doing it right. So same with Buddhism. When you put it in, you have to put it in practice. And if your greed, hatred, delusion is not decreasing, then something is not right. You better check. Because it's for us to not to get more intellectual, to increase this you know, uh, knowing, but it's for us to get closer towards awakening to the to the reality of life, which is anicca, dukkha, anatta, especially anatta. Because if you can really experience anatta, non-self, non-self doesn't mean nothing, okay? There is a, actually an unlimited, I won't call it self because it's not limited anymore. When you, when you go beyond the self, you have this unlimited nature. Like I say, the water you pour into the ocean, it becomes unlimited. You're not confined in, into a, a small self. So this has to be uh, realized, have to be practiced. And when you move closer and closer towards this, you have less suffering because all our suffering comes from the limited eye. Like my body is in pain. I'm worried about my death. I'm worried about my relationship. I'm worried about my family. All comes from this I. So if you solve this limited eye problem, you solve all your problem. Okay. Someone might ask then, oh, then Bante, then I, I will have no more feeling if I have no more eye. Not true. You have more feelings without the, the suffering. When you, when you become the ocean, you merge with every single waves in the, in the ocean. Now every single wave is like a, every single individual who think they're separate. When you go back and merge into the ocean, you can actually sympathize and empathize with everyone in this, in this world without getting trapped into the suffering. So we can do much more for the world. Okay, any other um, questions or sharing that we have? Okay, one in the chat group. Buddhist practice is get away from suffering. Okay, I have to be very careful about this get away from suffering before I read the rest. <laughs> um, it's not about cutting suffering. No? So it has to be very careful. It has to see that the wild elephant in the dream don't exist in the first place. So 
the getting rid of suffering is uh, a bit careful because you didn't get rid of the wild elephant. You just saw that there's no wild elephant in the first place. Then you have no problem with the wild elephants because they don't exist. Okay. This one, you, we, we need to experience it, but intellectually, I think you can grasp the idea in terms of all our pain in the world actually is through our thinking. We get upset with someone, it's through our thinking. Why the person do this? It's our interpretation that what the person do is wrong. So when you wake up to this, that you are interpreting everything through, through a small lens, then you can't say you get rid of anything because in the first place, there wasn't anything wrong. You are just seeing through the wrong lens. Okay, now let me go on the question. Previous, I misunderstood the meaning. Uh, yeah, try to run away or look for suffering. Actually, we have to see the Dharma from daily lives, just a sharing. Suffering is still there, more calm or calm easily. Um, suffering will not be there when you truly awaken. Okay, but as you slowly awaken, uh, the suffering don't affect you so much. But when you fully awaken, you actually, actually very interesting. Um, this is a Zen quote. It says, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water, eat, sleep. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water, eat, sleep. So on the outside physical, there's no difference. You still do the same. You still have to eat. Doesn't mean an enlightened person doesn't get sick, doesn't get hungry. They still get hungry, they still need to sleep, they need to eat, but they are not, they don't, they don't add this extra interpretation of the world, so they don't suffer. Our suffering always comes from this extra interpretation of the world. So that's that's the difference. So basically, they, 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 don't, they don't see, they don't get chased by wild elephants because they're not in a dream. Okay, good. Any other questions or sharing? Before I forget, just want to warn, of course, we will announce again, uh, tomorrow there's no monthly talk. And uh, at this moment, I have no plan to... Um, continue the monthly talk unless I have some uh, idea on a, a specific topic, okay? Because I think Friday night is good enough. Okay, CYCF, yeah. Bhante, what about the practice in order to see Nama and Rupa seems not the only way to enlightenment? Um, a good question. Uh, I don't like, this is my personal view. I feel that there is many, many ways to enlightenment. Um, I don't agree to the idea that there's only one path to enlightenment, but I agree that every single master, let's say, okay, let's say this is the mountain, okay? Every single master would climb up the mountain through different paths. And they would only see that path because they don't climb other path. And they would claim that, which is not wrong, that this is the only path towards enlightenment because that's the path that they use to get enlightened. But to me, there should be many, many because you know, there are so many different human characteristics. So 
there must be many, many different paths towards enlightenment. We cannot say um, those in uh, Mahayana or Vajrayana, they, they don't get enlightenment. So to me, there are many, many ways to get enlightenment. You got to find a way that's most suitable uh, for each and every one of us. Okay. So there, there are many, um, yeah, many ways. And each of us is suitable for different ways. So to me, it's always make aspiration that you will meet the suitable teacher and suitable method. Suitable teacher and suitable method doesn't mean the best teacher in the world. The best teacher in the world might not be suitable for you. During, even during Buddha's time, some people are, didn't learn from the Buddha because not suitable. Their karma is maybe with Mahakasapa or with Sariputta or Mogalana. So similarly, uh, depending on our karma with different teachers, it might be suitable. And that teacher might not be the most enlightened one. But preferably, if you can get someone who is enlightened, it's different. Yeah, that's important if you can, but that's very difficult. We, we can't, how do you be sure whether the person is enlightened or not? Yeah, so that's the difficulty. Because we are not enlightened, we cannot um, judge whether the person is enlightened or not. But if you can meet an enlightened person is different because I always emphasize this that your rate and my rate and the Buddha's rate is different. So you can't just read that what Buddha teach because we are interpreting it from our ignorant mind. So you get need to get someone who is enlightened, who has tasted the reality, not through both, but really taste the reality to pass that tasting of reality to us. So that's why um, in most Buddhist group, lineage is very important. Whether the, 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 this person's teacher have tasted that, that enlightenment and pass it to him and then he passed down and passed down and passed down. Not the words, because the words can be distorted, but the, the feeling, the actual experience of enlightenment cannot be distorted. So that one is important. Okay, next question. Uh, Chap, Bante, what should one do if he or she cannot change someone that he or she loves for good, like stopping one from being addicted to handphone games or sleep late at night? Bante, the actions are real and the feelings of being sad and disappointed is real too. You cannot change another person. The feelings are real because it's created by you. You think that sleeping late is bad. That is your judgment. You think that addicted to handphone game is bad. That's your judgment. I'm not saying it's good, but it's your way of thinking at things. Because for some people, maybe, you know, think that computer games, playing computer games, they can make money. And uh, even now computer games, they can, I think, win 100,000 US by winning in computer games. They can even make money from that. So I'm not saying it's good, but it's our judgment that is bad, that is giving us problem. Our judgment that sleeping late is bad, that's giving us problem. So, um, and that our judgment that we can change someone, that is also giving us problem. There's no way we can change other people. We can only change ourselves. When we change ourselves, we will affect other people and other people might change. So if you want, to me, if you want to help other people, the best way is not to lecture the person and try to change the person, but to be there with the person, to, to give the love for that person. Love doesn't mean spoil the person. 
you can share your opinion that I feel this, this, and this is no good. But nowadays, human doesn't want to be lectured. If you tell people this is no good because I know I'm a parent, this is no good, or I'm a, uh, I don't know, I'm your husband or a wife, I know this is no good, no one will listen to you. Because again, unfortunately, all of us have been brainwashed with individual right, human right. We want all the rights, okay? And we think that is the way to go. Actually, nothing is, uh, is right in a sense. But we think human right is very important. Individual right is important. But since we are brainwashed this way, you can't change the society. So the only way we can change is change ourselves. When you change yourself, when you raise your consciousness, the people around you surprisingly will change. But if you change yourself to change the people around you, it doesn't work. You cannot... You know, next week, tell me, Bante, I try to change myself for one day. How come my son didn't change? Yeah, yeah, you, you are faking it. You have no sincerity. You have to really change yourself and accept whatever is going on. Accept doesn't mean don't care. We care for the people we, around us, our loved ones. But we also can accept that they have their own background, their own belief for many, many lives. So we can't change them. We can only give them love and make them feel, give them love, not, by, not about spoiling, make them aware that we are there to support them whenever they need help. And we can also give advice, but not nagging and lecture. Nowadays, it doesn't work. Maybe during my parents' time, you know, they can kick us and they can beat us up you know, to make sure that we follow. It doesn't work now, fortunately. We live in a different era. The, parent, uh, the kids can sue you for beating them. Not during my parents' time. Okay? My parents never beat me, okay? but, that, but uh, during my era, you, know, you, you can beat the, the child up and then uh, make sure they follow you. Chef, uh, very true, cannot lecture. They will argue with us. Yes, because they have been brainwashed with individual rights, humans' rights. So you, you can't. You just have to... Be there for them, show that you really care, you really love them, and then show your concern. One way, this is, uh, this, I don't know whether it works for you. One way you can do it for me is I would tell people, I wouldn't you know, tell them, hey, you shouldn't, you, know, you must sleep late at night. I would share that, you know, I feel that it helps me for sleeping early it helps a better health. And I want to hope that you, know, you, my kids, also have better health. So I hope you can sleep early. You can only do that. Okay? You, you can't uh, lecture and force your idea. And your kid might think, you know, sleeping late is okay, you know, because uh, it's just different, uh, different rhythm. So we can't change. Because I know there are people who, who my youngest brother, he, he worked, he work at night. He sleep during the day. Okay, so it doesn't mean uh, working late is bad. And he has done it for years. And now, of course, he, he uh, ended up working for an American company because uh, in Malaysia, working for an American company so that you know, the time changed. So at, at night, he works. Daytime, he sleep. To us, it's very bad, but he's uh, surviving, still alive. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying that it's just our idea that you know, people have to 
do this way. I remember when I was in university, I have a junior who is extremely smart, you know, Malaysian from uh, Kuching. Every single subject in, uh, I was doing engineering, every single subject, he's top, you know, top, so good that the university lecturer asked him one time, you took all the prizes, can you give the second boy the prize? Because, you know, you just took every prize. And this guy, he studied at night. He sleeps during the day. Very weird hours. So it doesn't mean you know, it's bad. But of course, for my point of view, it's bad because I, I, I can't function after... Uh, now it's better. Normally, after 10 o'clock, I can't function. So, so different people have their own uh, rhythm. You can't make the judgment. Okay? And similarly, you and me think that you know, playing computer game, video game is bad. But that's, that's a multi-billion dollar industry. And that's a, a lot of a job opportunity there. So I can't really say, you know, of course, me, I'm a more conventional thinking, traditional thinking, you know, that is bad, but it's a big industry. Okay. Any last questions hey, or sharing? Yeah. Oh, so Evening, Bante. Yeah. Yes. Uh, first of all, uh, congratulations and, and uh, celebration for your 18 years of ordination. That's very special. I think, uh, uh, you know, being able to uh, ordain is a, uh, is a very good uh, merit. Uh, so, uh, sadu, sadu, sadu. Uh, the second thing uh, is that uh, when we talk about, um, you know, what I was uh, practicing, of course, uh, with my daughter is that, um, and, and uh, you know, no longer trying to kind of uh, say you know, in the lecture way, I learned the hard way. But uh, although it is very suffering, uh, especially when you see her uh, as your daughter, as an attached, you know, to me, if I attach a little bit less, you know, detach a little bit, you know, kind of the middle way, uh, that kind of the unconditional love is easier to, to practice uh, versus, you know, you are my daughter, you have to behave that way because I have a privilege as a mom, uh, just like, you know, how we grow up with. Uh, and another thing is that um, uh, I exercise a lot of uh, deep listening. And um, like a, a couple of weeks ago, you know, she also sleep late. And I, uh, and, and I kind of, you know, and then the whole floor is her stuff, I guess, you know, because she was so tired, she didn't clean up her room. So it kind of triggered uh, my anger. Uh, so I kind of lose it a little bit. But, uh, you know, very quickly, I kind of... Uh, you know, gain it back, you know, even I lose it, but uh, I tell her, this is my suffering. Instead of like, so I share with her why I lose it, why I'm suffering. And then I just leave it that way. I didn't ask for a solution or anything. It's just saying that, you know, it is a suffering for me to see this way. Uh, you know, maybe it's better to do it. You know, I, I didn't even say better to do it anyway, but it's just my suffering. I want to make her understand my suffering because if she has, if we believe she has innate compassion uh, and love, just like everybody else uh, that you said, then maybe she will realize that, yeah. oh, I'm a little bit overboard, you know, today. Uh, so actually, it, it seems works because after that, you know, she woke up, you know, by herself and, and then kind of clean up her room and, and, and things like that and, and didn't make a fuss. So I believe uh, it takes a lot of patience. Um, 
that's what I learned along the way. Uh, you know, a lot of suffering because we attach so much, especially it's very hard to practice with the people close to us, whether it's our spouse, our mom, our parent, um, our daughter or son. But, um, you know, with the patience uh, and, and with, as you say, you know, uh, compassion, uh, it, it works, but very slowly. That's what I want to share. Okay, thanks. Thanks. So that's very good sharing. Actually, um, we need to have to have a lot of patience and not, not the controlling attitude. And that's, that's difficult to change. But um, just a, a side note, um, I hope the parents don't get um, upset with this sharing of mine. But uh, it's something for us to, to note, um, for parents to note that in Buddhism, the anti-Buddha anti is actually Mara. But Mara is not someone bad. Okay, Mara is someone who has done a lot of good things, done a lot of merits, but he can't bear people from awakening from this samsara because then they cannot control them anymore. So Mara is like someone who has helped us a lot. And then after that, he wants to be us to be under his control. As long as we do good, it's okay. But if we get out from this cycle of birth and death, this Mara get very lost. So it's in the sense that Mara is someone who guides us and all that, but doesn't want, also want to control us. So be, be careful when we help our uh, children and all that. We don't have this idea that we want to control and process them. Then you, you will be more free and also you will be able to uh, have more unconditional love for them. Okay, I think we will stop here unless someone has a question or answer, uh, sharing. No, we will. Okay, we will uh, share merits. We share merits with all the uh, devas, dharma protectors, guidance deities, share merits with all sentient beings, family member, relative friends, make aspiration always with the wise, avoid the foolish, be free from great hatred delusion. Again, at the end, again, share merits with all beings, wishing all beings equal share merits. Etawata chamei sampada punya sampadang sabe dewa numodantu sabe sampati sitia. Etawata chamei sampadang punya sampadang sabe buta numodantu sabe sampati sitia. Etawata chamei sampadang punya sampadang sabe sata numodantu sabe sampati sitia. Damenya tinang hotu sukita hontu nyatayo. Damenya tinang hotu sukita hontu nyatayo. Damenya tinang hotu sukita hontu nyatayo. Idame punyang asawa kaya wahang hotu. Idame punyang nibana sa pacayo hotu. Mama punya bagang sabasata nang pajemi. Te sabeme samam punya bagang labantu. Sadu, sadu, sadu. Please don't leave first because uh, I think there's some announcement for everyone. Thank you, Banking. Thank you, everyone, for sharing. Uh, yeah, we have four announcements to make today. Uh, the first one is, uh, as Banting has mentioned just now, starting from this month, uh, there will no longer be uh, the we will no longer have the monthly Saturday session. So there will be no session tomorrow, and you can view all the past recordings of our uh, this exploring reality series uh, via the link shared here. 
Uh, and don't worry, we still have our weekly Friday session to learn from Bhante. Okay, and the second one is, uh, yes, this is the first yoga and metta meditation class organized by uh, the BMSM youth section. And you'll be uh, guided by Brother Fu. He is uh, a certified international yoga instructor. Yeah, it will be on, uh, I will help on 17th April, the Sunday from 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. Uh, via Zoom. And you may register via the Google Form link shared. Okay. So, yes, and the next announcement is um, brothers and sisters, if you have joined Novitiate program in Brickfields uh, in a Buddhist Mahavihara from the 70s up to 2008, or you know someone who has joined, uh, please contact us. We are looking to reconnect with all these brothers and sisters in conjunction with the 60th anniversary of BMSM. So yes, if you you or someone you know is an ex-novice, uh, do contact us. Thank you. And the last announcement is uh, on the 3rd of April is the 60th anniversary of BMSM. So on that day, there'll be a puja and after puja, uh, Bhante, will, uh, Bhante Mahinda will lead us with uh, a short med meta meditation followed by a sermon. So do join us uh, via Zoom. So uh, you can screenshot this. Uh, and again, it will be on the 3rd of April. Yeah, 3rd of April is on Sunday. Yeah. So okay, that's all for the announcement. Thank you, everyone, for joining today. Thank you, Bhante, so much for being Thank you, the volunteers. And thank you, Bante. Thank you, Bante. Bye-bye, brother and sister. Sister Amara. Yeah.